It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, for the first time in the 2020 calendar year, it's game week. It's game week. It is. It is. Pretty cool. Yes, we've uh, we've made it. We've made it through what looked like we wouldn't have a season. And here we are, uh, what, 40, 42 hours, thereabouts, maybe a little less, and we'll be kicking off. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the... Uh, the Pac-12's already had one game get canceled with a no contest, uh, which has implications for ASU, as Cal has asked for and received a no contest, and that's our Week 2 opponent. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll hope that we have a Week 2 opponent, I, I guess. Um, but, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, it's one of those things. We, we talked about it last week and speculated on, uh, you know, and it was all speculation. You know, if it would come from a certain area, well, it came from Cal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there you go. And yeah, uh, unfortunate that they're not playing, but, um, you know, we talked also sort of cynically that maybe it helps that we're playing USC and Cal to start out. And well, maybe this does, uh, you know, if, if we do play them, it'll be their first game and not their second. And, you know, Hey, a game under our belts can't hurt. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, and obviously they're not going to be able to practice while this is going on either. Right. So that's another right. you know, another week of had, lost practice for Cal. Exactly. They've already had limited practice time. So, yeah, I mean, you know, look, who knows? Um, we don't know how it's actually going to shake out. But, you know, the, if, if practice time matters and we're told by football coaches for all of time that it does, then we should have an advantage at least over these first couple of opponents. Yeah, and I just realized that we did this whole recording with the thing ticking in the background, so I turned that off. Uh, okay, so if you well, that's all right. We just started. Yeah, yeah. We haven't even no talked worries. about the game. But I do no, wonder no. if something like that happens, would we see an NFL-type shift? Because Cal's our cross-division opponent, well, the game they had canceled was Washington. Right. You know, right. Would, would there be a, a mechanism for us to get a game with Washington somehow? You'd hope so. Maybe. Now, I don't know who Washington is slated to play next week. Um, you know, I mean, that's see, this is the problem with building the schedule and starting when they did is, you know, you're not going to have any common bye weeks because there are no bye weeks. So it's very difficult to move things around. Because you're going to, you know, to, it's going to be like, you know, Clark Griswold, um, you know, patching up the, the leak at the Hoover Dam when they took the tour. You know, it's just going to create one more leak and one more leak and one more leak. So I don't know. I mean, you know, the, the thing that obviously you don't hope this, but if there's another team that would have to cancel a game, then you could maybe, you know, if you had an even number, then you should find a way to do it. But if you have one team that had to cancel a game, I don't know if there's a way to make that up or correct it for anybody else. Yeah. Sort of like the Big Ten's going through with Wisconsin. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, if they had another team, and you know, then you could try to mash them together. But right now, you got 13 teams playing. Hard to get everybody on the field when you got an odd number. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about this USC game. I, I think I've come to a new conclusion after our talk. I, okay. Are, are the pundits... And I'm thinking Sun Devil Source primarily, but but everyone. Are are the pundits too high on Jack Jones? Like uh, what have we what have we seen that makes us so confident that Jack Jones is gonna be a an all conference level corner? Not a ton. I mean, yeah, I, I think what we're what you're hoping for and what the pundits are, I suppose, speculating is, you know, you dominoes here. He was a five star recruit. 
played fairly well as a freshman at USC. You know, wasn't great, but had some moments. And then missed, what, a year and a half, thereabouts of football? Mm-hmm. He missed an entire season. Then wasn't here for spring bummy. Got to got to our team, in, what, two weeks before last season? Something like that. Um, and, you know, at the beginning of the year, wasn't even really playing much. Yeah. So I think had what some you're flashes, hoping... But... Had some flashes, but some inconsistency, certainly. And... I, I think what you're hoping is that now he's back in football rhythm. He's been with this program. He's, you know, I mean, no, nobody had a normal spring and offseason, but he's at least had some exposure to a football program now and that that's going to, you know, the talent now is going to match the at least somewhat experience. But whether that happens, I, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, I don't want to say long shot, but it's not a guarantee, certainly, I, I don't think. I just, you know, I was listening to the Sun Devil Source Reports preview and they were talking about how the secondary is the strength of the team. Yeah. And it occurred to me that I'm not sure it is. I'm not sure that's true. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you hope so. You got you got two of your top three corners from the end of last season, at least. I mean, Jones didn't start that way, but by the end of the year, two of them back, and then pretty much your entire group of safeties, mm-hmm. um, you know, including backups. And, the, you know, I, I read Haller mentioned his name, and he's second on the depth chart. Um, Pierce's son, DeAndre Pierce, yeah. was, was it Boise, I think? Yep. And, and they seem to think he's going to, you know, have an impact. And you combine him with Crosswell, with Fields, uh, you know, the Markhams. Uh, I mean, you, you've got plenty of, of bodies there. It's sort of like receiver. You know, you got plenty of bodies. You just need enough of them to be good. And, and unlike receiver, more experience there. You know, a lot of a lot of guys who played a lot for us. Well, I mean, Cam Phillips has now been bumped to third True. on the depth chart, and he started True. games. Forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a perfect example. I forgot about him. And yeah, he was a starter for part of the year as a freshman and part of the year last year. So yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of options. And so I think you hope that. But yeah, the, the corners feel like that's where it's going to be important. And, and, you know, let's be honest. Hand in hand with that is your pass rush. Um, it's very tough to play corner in football now. It's just It just is. You can't grab. You can't hold. The way corners used to be successful 15, 20 years ago doesn't work. you got to have a pass rush to make those guys better. We didn't have much of one last year, so if that can be improved, which is still up in the air, that'll help those corners, I think. Yeah. So I, I think that going against USC, and obviously uh, Pittman graduated, so it's not going to be the right. same cast of characters, but going against Slovis and, and, and a very talented receiving core that like, they always have. Yeah, yeah, don't they? I mean, is Tyler Vaughn's back? Mm-hmm. I think he is. I believe St. so. St. Brown, I know, is back. Um, and theoretically, they get Brew McCoy. Now, I don't know what his status is. I mean, he was a huge recruit that went through a whole bunch of weirdness going to Texas, then back to SC, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, he was big-time recruit coming out of high school. He missed last year, but... I think theoretically they're counting on him this year. Drake London, who had a big game against us last year, and plays basketball for him too. They got plenty of weapons there, and and uh, they'll yeah. I mean, it's going to be a test for this defense. We both talked last week that we think this defense is going to be pretty good. They'll get tested right away. Yeah, and I think this, especially the secondary. You know, the the one thing that I am confident in, and maybe it's misplaced, Soeli, and then. Butler and Robertson mm-hmm. should be good. Uh, you know, they, you hope so. you've got 
two three-year starters and a two-year starter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I certainly hope so. Um, you know, it should be. You mentioned it, I think, last week when we did the season preview that, you know, the back seven, you got plenty of experience, and you do. Um, I mean, not a, I think of the projected starters, everybody played either was a starter last year or played a pretty significant role, and several of them for two years now. So there should not be any, now it's a new defense, okay, but still, you know, there should not be any cries of, oh, we're young and inexperienced. No, no, we're we're not. This is when it's supposed to start to pay off. Yeah. Um, So with that, let's flip to the other side of the ball. Lot of new faces in new places. I think the the most interesting thing, which we talked about in the season preview, and it came to fruition, is the uh, ultimate loss of the starting job by Ladarius Henderson. It did. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah. And again, that's that's. Uh, I guess even without being at practice, Doug Haller's plugged in because he made that mention, and then sure enough, that's exactly what happened. So I think he he seems to know what he's talking about. Yeah. So I'm now very, very curious what this line's going to do. Obviously, Deesh, uh, Cote, West, you, you know what you're getting into. Yeah. Um, I'm just interested because what, what you can't do in a short season is yo-yo the line. And, and the discussion of we're three weeks away from being able to be confident in our starting group on the team, now not just the line but everywhere, Right. That's concerning because there's only seven weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just not uh, – I mean, we talked about this last week when we were going through the schedule. And, you know, normally you're, you're kind of used to traditional rhythm of a football season, college football is. You know, maybe you have one big non-conference opponent, but you get at least a couple, you know, games where you feel like – I mean, I remember last year we had Kent State, we had Sacramento State. And you thought, okay, you know, we, we should – have a chance to kind of get our feet underneath us. Now, we didn't play well in either one of those games, and it left us feeling a little unsettled, you know, going it, into it, the tougher games. Yeah, but it let but us still, go into the Michigan State game right? figuring and, things out. And, and we played okay. I mean, we played bad offensively, but we played, you know, we scored when we needed. Our defense played well. We got a couple missed field goals, and and we won the game. And and so, yeah, I mean, this is unusual, but, but look, it's unusual for USC, too. And that's the thing that, you know, we got to, everybody should keep in mind is, you know, USC, you know, I know USC is one of the few programs that doesn't play FCS teams, but they still, they normally start with a, you know, Fresno State, San Jose State, somebody like that in their non-conference schedule to, you know, get their feet underneath them. Now they were supposed to start with Alabama this year. So I guess comparatively, they're probably happy they're starting with ASU, but still, um, you know, uh, you know, everybody's in, in a weird position this year and uh, you know you just make the best of it but yeah i agree with you we we don't have three weeks to figure it out you gotta you gotta have it figured out i mean i read i think Stuart mandel this week basically said you know team gets off to a hot start that you know two or three wins gets you to the pac-12 title game and and in some ways it does feel that way yeah i i feel pretty good about the offensive side of the ball i'm most interested in seeing what the running back rotation looks like um, me too. Me yeah. too. Yeah. 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 I mean, they, they seem high on this Juco kid, White. which, uh, yeah, which, you know, is, is, I mean, at least going back to when we had spring ball, the, the couple weeks we did, I never heard that name once. I didn't even, I mean, to be honest with you until about six weeks ago, I didn't know anything about him. I didn't even know his name. 
But yes. uh, I noticed he was listed as a you know co-starter with Trayum. And and did I see correctly that he's known as Chip? Apparently, which is nothing like his first name. That's I don't know where that yeah. name comes from, but you know it's it's easier to say than whatever. However, his first name is actually pronounced. Diamante, I don't know. I think Demonte or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Chip's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's not quite. You know, uh, I mean, his last name I'm not sure either. It's not quite DJ Uyungale, and just calling him DJ. But mm-hmm. Chip is easier than Trianum or whatever it is. Yeah, I I think it's just Trainum. Train him? Okay. I, I think okay. You, the That's second, even easier. I think the second A just doesn't apply. Yeah. Okay. It's just well, I mean, well, theoretically, we should find out, trusting that the TV guys do their homework. Uh, but, you know, we should find out Saturday when these guys are, are on the field and you start to hear their names like, oh, that's how that's pronounced. All right, then. Yeah. I am uh, I am excited to see them and Nada. Um, Me too. You know, Me too. And just how yeah. we break it down. I, I guess the some of the reports I've read and heard are that uh they're going to give Trainum the goal line carries which will be interesting yeah. he was built kind of like a tank yeah so yeah that, that yeah. seems to be the the thing for both him and nada it, it's a little more demario richard and a little less kalen balage in terms yeah. of their build yeah 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 which you know okay i'm i'm, I'm good with that um i mean it's it's gonna be interesting uh, you know i we haven't had for a while. I mean, going back, we've, we've had pretty good experience at running back, even, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, Eno took over and we didn't know much about him, but he had played some, um, I mean, we, we have a total fresh start. We, you know, there's not a single college carry among those three running backs. And I can't remember the last time that's been the case, you know, going in, but you know, like I said, if you're going to be inexperienced at a position, uh, I think that's an okay position to have that happen. Um, you know, you should be able to at least make some impact pretty quickly. Yeah, I think uh, I think the receiver core is another place where you're going to see a lot of young players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I it's Pierce Darby. Is a projected starter. Yeah, um, and, and Dar. Yeah, I mean, Darby is the is the only real very experienced guy. Um, you know, you got some of Pearsall, you got some of Jordan Porter, um, but they didn't play a ton. And uh, did I see correctly? Curly is not playing this year. He opted out. He opted out. Um, you've got Badgers, the gray shirt, but you've got Brinkley right. Shelton, Chad Johnson, Jr. And um, Wilson. And Wilson. Wilson's going to be a yeah. starter. Will, I, yeah. I'm hoping, what I'm hoping my dream scenario is that it becomes very evident very quickly that Wilson's a problem. I mean, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's, it, he's it, highly it, touted. He's very big. Yes. I mean, and, and he was supposed to be, uh, you know, I mean, as you said, he was highly touted. Um, he was the, you know, all these guys came in with, with pedigree, all four of the, the receiver recruits, but pretty much consensus. He was the top one. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, you, you hope that he's ready to go. And I mean, you know, uh, offensively, I think there's more question marks than defense as we're talking about it. Obviously, we, you know, we've, we talked about the offensive line last week, some and, you know, running back as, as just mentioned, you know, zero career carries outside of Darby among the receivers, probably less than 20 career catches, I'm guessing. Um, it, you know, so there's, there's not a ton of experience coming back at those positions, but there is supposed to be talent. That's where we've recruited. Well, 
Mm-hmm. And so you hope that, you know, that is good enough to make an impact right away. And then you do have an experienced quarterback. Now you have a guy who, you know, went through the ups and downs last year as a freshman, got 12 starts in, um, and should be hopefully good enough to, you know, bring these young guys along with him. Yeah. Now the, the last question I think is, uh, or, or I guess my, my last observation based on what Howler wrote and some of the stuff I've read online from different places, do you think that Bunkley Shelton's going to be able to maybe fill that Kyle Williams possession receiver role? Because that, that to me is my big concern. We need someone yeah. who's a security blanket. Darby's going to have to play a, a, a combination of his role and Ayuk's role from last year yeah. where he's yeah. the deep threat, but he's also, you know, the breakaway blow the lid off. Right. Right. Um, and, yeah. and you've got Wilson as, you know, probably your goal line guy and your, uh-huh. your biggest Theoretically target. Theoretically big target. Yeah. Yeah. But you need somebody who's just your guy, you know? You do. You and, do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing I'm curious about in, in addition to that, too, is, is you know, tight end. Seems like every year for the last, what, five, six years, we've, we've you know, preseason. Uh, this might be the year the tight ends are used more. Yeah, we're going to play up-tempo basketball. Same <laughs> right, you know, it hasn't happened since Chris Coyle really was the last productive tight end, and that was Graham's first year, um, you know, so it's been a bit. Um, but, you know, this offense, theoretically, from what we heard, did use a tight end fairly decently at Boise State. And so, you know, is it Nolan Matthews? I saw Curtis Hodges is the projected starter there. Yeah. Maybe we finally get something out of old Curtis Hodges. He's he's kind of become one of those guys who every year you think, well, maybe. And this has got to be his last year, right? I mean, maybe, yeah. I guess, with the whole eligibility thing, maybe it's not. But he, he would be a senior, right? Yes, I believe Under he normal. would actually be a fifth-year senior. That's what I think. Yeah, it seems like so. he's been around forever. He and Stephen Montez were true freshmen together, I think, back in like mm. 2007 or something like that. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you know. So hey, maybe maybe we finally get something out of him. You're right, though. I mean, and I know you've been on the Kyle Williams importance um, point for a while. I mean, you know, going back to last year as the year wound down, and I never disagreed with you. He, you know, he was one of those underrated guys you don't think about a lot, but very reliable well and, and the stuff he did in the run blocking miss. too exactly exactly yeah and even playing running back sometimes uh, remember the bowl game he, he you know he got some carries at running back because we had the you know Eno didn't play and it's you know so he was just an all-around you know important player not a superstar obviously you know not in the nfl probably you know will never play pro football but mm-hmm. certainly an important college player that somebody needs to step into that role or, or maybe multiple somebodies. Yeah. I, I'm i just, it, you know, it's weird because it's going to be November 7th, but I'm excited to get some answers and, and see how this is going to go. <laughs> me too, me too. Yeah, we usually, you know, the old, you know, football cliches is like, you know, well, you get started and, and you start to get some answers around midseason. Well, this is, this is not going to be, that way you gotta you know the answers start week one and and uh you don't get much margin for error i mean especially with the opponent that we're starting with if if the goal is a south division title and i think it should be this is very likely the team that stands as the biggest thing in front of us maybe utah i mean utah's won it the last two years but you know talent wise you'd expect 
this is the team that that poses the biggest obstacle to us winning the South. So you can't mess around because you lose and you're basically two games back right away. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I, I was going to make a joke about, you know, you're used to in, in certain years, you're very much used to having college football games before the elections decided. And <laughs> lo and behold, we're going to have it again this year, but you know, right, that, right. that's for yeah, another podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's uh, I, before it's decided, certainly unusual that, uh, as I, I mean, not even just the election, but I texted you what, yesterday and I said, you know, ASU football starts in three days and ASU basketball in three weeks. That's unusual. Don't usually say that. Usually we're preparing for basketball around this time of year and football's got, you know, six, seven, eight games under our belt. But hey, well, I'm, yes, I, I those, those two words that you say, I'm completely with you. I'm excited. We get to see Sun Devil football, and for a while there, it didn't look like we would, and I'm just ready to go. Uh, you know, I mean, will I be disappointed if we lose? Sure, but uh, I'm just happy to see us playing football again. Yeah, and an early start. Too, too early? Yes. I think appropriately early. Uh, I like it. I like it. I mean, hey, it gets us some, you know, it gets us some marquee, slot there right away uh, you know we're you know i would i would certainly much rather be in that spot than you know 10 30 eastern at night mm-hmm. um uh, you know let's let's get some eyeballs on this game um and and you know there's not really any other huge games at that time you know clemson notre dame's at night florida georgia's in the afternoon so you know that's that's a marquee window for the pac-12 you know the, the only uh, i think ranked ranked game there at the same time as michigan indiana which lost some of its luster with michigan losing last week so you know i I like it and it's gonna be weird but again it's gonna be weird for them too i mean i was reading the whole thing about our you know team meal is at 445 well they're they're gonna be doing the same thing so no excuses you just you just work with what you got yeah exactly and hopefully that's the message that old herm is preaching he's been preaching it publicly all you know, all summer, and you know, hey, we don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to keep preparing, and and we're going to be ready to go. And and if he's really got that through to the team, then I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. Well, we will be back. We'll break it all down. Can't wait. Game Can't recap. Wait. Yes. 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 It's been uh, a while. I think the last. Well, I mean, the last game we discussed at all was the Sun Bowl, but we didn't spend a tremendous amount of time on that. Uh, so it's, you know, it's been almost a full calendar year since we broke down a regular season ASU football game. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing it again. Yeah. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.